there have been some recent adjustments in the Young Women program. But I think one thing that has never changed and will never change is the focus on Jesus Christ. The importance of helping each young woman increase her faith and her conversion to Jesus Christ and to have a desire to go to the temple to make and keep covenants. This is the Latter-day Saint Women podcast, where we share the legacy of women of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You'll get to know the faithful women who shaped our past and hear from inspiring women of faith today. Welcome to the Latter-day Saint Women podcast. I'm Shaylin Back, and this is my co-host, Carly Guyman. Thanks, Shaylin. Today, we are so excited to welcome the members of the Young Women General Presidency, Sisters Bonnie Corden, Sister Michelle Craig, and Sister Becky Craven to the show. Welcome, sisters. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is exciting. We're glad to be with you. This episode has been months in the making, and it just seems to be the perfect timing with the recent changes to the youth and the children's program and just the announcements specifically regarding the Young Women program. As a brief introduction, these sisters were called to serve in the Young Women General Presidency together on March 31st of 2018. For our listeners, we've linked their full bios in our show notes just so they can get to know our guests a little bit better. But we do want to share a little bit about each of you before we begin. So Sister Corden was serving as the first counselor in the primary general presidency when she was called to be the Young Women General President. She grew up on a small farm in Idaho and served a full-time mission in the Portugal-Lisbon mission. She has a bachelor's degree in education from Brigham Young University, worked in management in the software industry, and later started her own business. She served with her husband as he presided over the Brazil what is it? You tell me. Curitiba. Okay, great. That mission. <laughs> and they have four children and six grandchildren. So the first counselor that's with us today, Sister Craig, grew up in Utah, but moved to Pennsylvania as a teenager when her father was called to preside over the mission there. She later served her own mission in the Dominican Republic and later received a bachelor's degree or earned a bachelor's degree in education from BYU. And she was serving as a member of the primary general board at the time of her call last year. So about a year and a half now, right? That you've been yes, a year and a half. And Sister Craig has three children and nine grandchildren. And Sister Craven, um, your parents joined the church when you were just four years old. And so I thought this was interesting. Then you grew up in various locations in the United States, England and Germany, with your father being an army officer. Sister Craven earned a bachelor's degree in interior design from BYU. And she and her husband have five children and 20 grandchildren. And Sister Craven, I loved learning this about you. So as a family, they volunteered with a humanitarian group to help rural communities worldwide in extreme poverty. And then she served with her husband when he was the president of the North Carolina Charlotte Mission. So between the three of you, you have so much experience. There's lots of children, lots of grandchildren, lots of missionary service, and so many other things that you bring to this presidency. And we can feel that and we can see, you know, the effects of all the things that you've been able to accomplish and do. It's great to learn more about you, and we can read more about you, like Shailen said, in your full bios. But we also wanted to give you the opportunity to share a little bit about each other, things that maybe listeners, women in the church, others may not know about you. So, Sister Corden, let's start with you, if you want to share a little bit about one of your counselors. Okay. Well, I'd love to share about both of them, but because of time, let me just share a little bit about Sister Craven. Something that's really interesting that I think everyone needs to know, because it applies to all of us, is that the Lord knows Sister Craven. So when I was called to be the General Young Women's President, they say, well, give us some names for your counselors. And you've got women throughout the whole world 
who does the Lord want to have as the counselor? Well, we were in a meeting, and I met Sister Craven for the first time in this meeting. I'd never met her, didn't know anything about Sister Craven. And as I walked in and went around and was hugging all of the wonderful women that were there, as I hugged this tiny powerhouse, the Lord very clearly in my mind said, and Sister Craven will be your second counselor. And it was remarkable. I thought, oh, that is so nice to know. <laughs> and so, of course, I submitted her name. And the brethren came back and said, well, tell us a little bit about Sister Craven. And I said, I don't know anything about her. <laughs> <laughs> what I do know is that the Lord knows her. And just like you said, her family is key in her life. And so it's always fun when we get together after a weekend to hear what Sister Craven's world has been like. And it always has something to do with family. There's always something, whether it's a celebration of family or whether there's tears in family. So she's not spared of the trials of this life, but she always handles them with this incredible trust in the Lord. And so I have loved those little nuggets. Plus, she's an interior designer. And so you come to our office space. It's much better now because it's we have graced Sister. with her oh. skills. Oh. And <laughs> anytime we have a question, Sister Craven, come in here. What's your eyes? Even today, we're kind of dressed like her office, black, white, and red. So anyway, we love Sister Craven. Those those are just some nuggets about her that we love. Sister Craven, will you tell us about a member of the presidency? Oh, yes. I'd love to tell you a little bit about Sister Craig, who I just love so dearly. And you know, we just have such a great unity in our presidency. We feel like we've just known each other forever, and I, I believe that we really have. Sister Craig and I especially have quite a few things in common, and that's been just a really fun thing. For instance, we both love tacos. We have the same taste buds. <laughs> we do. And avocados and guacamole and potato chips. But Sister Craig especially loves popcorn. But one of the things I love so much about Sister Craig is her spiritual depth. She brings a peace to our presidency that is just so well grounded in doctrine and the scriptures. And she is so quick to pull a scripture out of her heart that applies to exactly what we need just at the right time. You can tell that she has paid the price. She is a ferocious reader, and that has been a great blessing to our presidency. And I love to watch her with the young women and even with young men. She just has a real gift when she greets the youth. And to watch her hug young women, she gives the best hugs. And you can just tell as she embraces a young woman that they feel her love. Those are just a few things about Sister Craig. But going back to food, you need to know <laughs> that she is a wonderful cook. And she is a great baker. And she makes the best snickerdoodles. <laughs> <laughs> and other cookies. And she, anyway, she's just really quite remarkable in the kitchen. And she loves to share those little goodies with us. And she is also such a great mother. And as we watch the relationship that she has with her children and her grandchildren, it is really a beautiful thing to behold. And just love how grounded she also is in her family. Thanks, Sister Craven. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. All right. And Sister Craig, share with us a little about Sister Corden. Okay. This could be our favorite part of this podcast because we really do love each other so much. And like Sister Craven said, we feel like 
how did we go for 50 some years without each other in our lives? We love each other and really it's one of the greatest blessings of our lives to serve together. But what you need to know about Sister Corden is she loves the Lord and she loves the youth and she loves everyone. And when you meet her, she exudes this positive energy and this love and it's the real deal. This is true. Yes, we have <laughs> it, felt this. You have, we have felt this. I think everyone that meets her, and it's the real deal. She's not doing it just to put on a show. I mean, I've seen her, Sister Craven and I have seen her in all sorts of situations, in stressful situations, in fun situations, in when she's going on no sleep, when she's not feeling well. And she's this way. The love that she has for the Lord and for other people is really inspiring. And I think Sister Craven and I have learned a lot from that. I just bear testimony right now that she's the woman that God has prepared to serve at this time. It's a remarkable time in the history of the church and in the Young Women Organization. We have a prophet who's encouraging us to wear running shoes. And Sister Corden loves to run, really. <laughs> she's I the mean, right She's the right one for this so time. So <laughs> literally and figuratively, Sister Corden is a runner. And she's prepared to keep pace with the prophet who's encouraging all of us to do more and be more. So I love that. And she loves good food. We all love food. Can you tell <laughs> there's a theme? <laughs> but she loves people and she loves her family. It's so amazing to be with you today and just to get to know you each a little bit better. I'm sure this will be so fun for our listeners as it is for Carly and me. The influence of women in our past has a huge impact on us organizationally and also individually. And especially with this podcast, we've brought in the legacy of women that have been so instrumental in building the kingdom. And we just wanted to give each of you an opportunity to share about a former young women leader who inspired or influenced you and tell us a little bit about why. So maybe let's start with you, Sister Corden. I think one that I will choose, and there's been many women in my life, but one that really touched me in a way that was brief but very impactful was Elaine Cannon. Now, Elaine, actually, I didn't realize this at the time. She was on an assignment, and I was in Portugal. My father was the mission president at the time, and so I didn't realize why she was really with our family. But now that I look back, she was on an assignment to be in that area. But the thing that was impactful for me was the very short interchange I had with her where I realized that she was passionately aware of people. And I was one of those little people that happened to be by her that she stopped and noticed. And I don't even remember the words that she said, but the impact on my heart was, you are a daughter of Heavenly Father. You are a daughter of Heavenly Parents. And there's a great work to do. And so it's by small and simple things that you do each day. And that just had an impact on me. And I thought every day, you know, we've heard that in conference, every day can be a difference. And that little interchange was a switch for me as a youth to realize that it's the daily things that I do, the small things, you know, the primary answers that were actually the difference. And so her impact on me was great because I took it to heart and I started realizing, okay, maybe this prayer that I just offered this morning really is going to make a difference in my life. And so that little impact has blessed me for years. And Elaine Cannon at the time, it was, was the young woman. She was the young president. woman general president. And so as I look back on there, I just send her a love from down here up to heaven <laughs> as she realizes that she really did have an impact on that everyday worship of the Lord for me. That's such a neat experience. Sister Craig. Okay, I'm listening to you, Sister Corden, and mine is so similar. And I love that because mine is also with Elaine Cannon. And she was the Young Women General President when I was a youth. And my dad was serving as mission president in Pennsylvania. So this is <laughs> very similar. So very similar. similar. And we had an opportunity to leave the mission boundaries 
with approval and our family, we rode a bus. We went to the Washington, D.C. temple. And I don't remember the occasion, what there was, but there were other people there. And Elaine Cannon was on the bus. And I remember as a teenage girl looking at her a few rows ahead and just thinking, oh, my goodness, that is the president of the young women. And as we stood up and we were leaving the bus, she was standing and I kind of walked by her and she just looked at me and her face lit up. And she gave me a hug and she said, oh. A young woman. <laughs> and she asked me my name and my age. And that really, it was just a brief interaction. But her joy in seeing me was so sincere that it just touched my heart. Like you said, Sister Corden, I just thought every interaction we have with another person is an opportunity to lift and to love and to share the love of Jesus Christ. And that's what I felt from Sister Cannon. And it's amazing if you two had that experience. Think of the thousands How and thousands of others imagine? with, with Elaine Cannon and with all of the other women who've served before you. Yeah. Sister Craven, you have someone who comes to mind. Yes, and that is um, Sister Ruth Funk. When I was a junior and senior in high school, I lived in England because that's where my dad was stationed in the military. And our young woman president was the daughter of Sister Funk. And so she came for a visit. And what I remember so clearly about Sister Funk was just how genuine and how real she was. And we're just in this little classroom with seven laurels and how she sat with us. And the truth is, I don't remember specifically what she taught. But what I remember is the love that just flowed from her. And I remember specifically that she did want to know about our personal lives. She was really interested in knowing us. I love that. So before we dive into discussing the Young Women Program and your influence on the Young Women Program and your missions and priorities, we wanted to focus on who it is that we're really talking about. And that's young women. That's 12-year-olds, 15-year-olds, 17-year-olds. And it can be easy for us to grow up and become adults and we kind of forget what life is like as a young woman. And so we wanted to ask about each of you, what being a teenager was like for you and how you keep that in mind as you're working with young women and also noticing the differences for them now, how different life is for them. Maybe we'll start again. Sister Corden, tell us what was life like for you as a teenager and as a young teen or older teen? Well, that is a wonderful question because it's fun to walk down memory lane. So just to keep it brief and not spend too much time on it, I had a wonderful growing up years. If you wanted to say the fairy tale, it was. I came from a family. There were seven kids. We lived on a farm. And the only reason we lived on a farm is because my father, who was an orthodontist, wanted to have jobs for his kids. Put you to work. Yep, put us <laughs> to work. And we did. We had, everybody had a job, and they weren't pleasant necessarily jobs. You know, I had to take care of these nasty chickens. <laughs> I mean, they were so cute as little babies. They all came in the mail, yellow and fluffy. And, and then they grew up, and they were just these birds that would peck at your ankles, you know. So I didn't love that growing up. But we had responsibility, things that we had to do. But growing up as a teenager, I had wonderful friends. I had wonderful opportunities in the high school. It was a small town. So all of those things were probably, if you read it in a little fairy book, it was wonderful, but I remember kind of a defining moment in my life was when my dad, right before my senior year, came and said, we're going to move to Portugal. And I remember thinking, whoa, wait a minute. We live in Idaho. You know, <laughs> my friends are here. I'm graduating from here. This is what we do. And I had some hopes and dreams for that senior year. I thought, well, what about prom? I mean, you know, we can't move. And he had been called to preside over the Portugal-Lisbon mission. At the time, there's no Google. So I looked it up in the encyclopedia, and he didn't know if it was going to be Portugal or Brazil. 
And so I looked up Brazil and Portugal. And Brazil, the pictures in the encyclopedia were just bright and a party. And I thought, oh, we are so going to Brazil. <laughs> and I was actually kind of excited. And then I looked up this little country called Portugal. And all they had was a picture of two old ladies dressed in black mourning their husband's death at sea. I thought, oh, let's not go to Portugal. <laughs> and of course, where the Lord send us to Portugal. And we had 21 bags that we carried on the plane, and we had taken duct tape and put one in duct tape on one bag, two in duct tape on the second bag, three, so that all we had to do is look at the duct taped bags and know which one we were missing as we went through each airport with all of these kids. So life was great. But we still have the challenges. You always want to fit in. You want friends. You want to be noticed. You want to belong. The question of who am I? So what am I doing? And so you step back and you can remember fun things, sad things. But overall, I had a great support system. And yeah, I think that question of identity, right, is enduring. No matter when yeah. or where you grew up in that age group, you're searching for your identity. And so. Carly, I think you're absolutely right in that because it does not change even as adults. So though we have maybe women listening to this and they think, oh, yeah, it's a youth issue, I can testify that the adversary works hardest on who we are. And we've used this phrase often that if we have the courage to go forward and bless people's life instead of worrying about impressing, we'll find that we'll understand more about who we are as we bless instead of try to impress. Plus, the weight that comes with impressing people is so difficult. And I think that's a challenge for the youth. You know, they want to be known and this anxiety of how am I going to impress someone when really if we change our focus of how are we going to bless? And it, it applies to us as sisters, whether we're eight or 108. Satan always has a way of attacking that identity. The Young Women Program, it has a long legacy. It began in 1869 when Brigham Young wanted his daughters to focus more on gaining their own testimonies. And I just think that's kind of a neat thing to have it start that way. And we all know the program has changed and evolved so much over time. And once again, the Young Women Program is currently undergoing some changes. And as these changes were discussed, what did you feel as a presidency, what did you feel was most important to preserve from the history and legacy of the Young Women program? Maybe Sister Craig, they're all looking at you. Maybe oh, well, you have something. <laughs> we'll all, I'm sure, jump in. But, you know, like you said, there have been some recent adjustments in the Young Women program. But I think one thing that has never changed and will never change is the focus on Jesus Christ. The importance of helping each young woman increase her faith and her conversion to Jesus Christ and to have a desire to go to the temple to make and keep covenants. And so although some of the details of the program and the organization have changed and adjusted over the years, I think that focus on Jesus Christ has never changed and that our desire to become his disciples and to make and keep covenants in the holy temple. So that has never changed. So one of these, you know, major adjustments, Sister Craig, that you've alluded to or, or mm -hmm. referenced is the change to this revised Young Women theme that, Sister Corden, you introduced in General Conference. And there are a few things that really stand out when you compare, if you look at what the things that have been added, the opening phrase shifting from we to I, the identification of daughters of heavenly parents and disciples of Christ. I think the mention of personal revelation is really exciting and ministering. We really could go on and on. There's so many great additions. So we would love to know more about how these changes came about, how you felt inspired to initiate and help with these changes, and what you hope women, both young and old, can grow to, to become and also feel because of what this theme teaches them. 
When I was called to be the general young woman president, I was in President Nelson's office, and he asked a question. And he said, what do you think the youth need to understand? I said, well, I think they need to understand who they are, their identity. And before I could even take another breath, he said, yes, and they need to know their purpose. So walking out, having President Nelson's vision that the youth need to know who they are, their identity, and what their purpose is, that helped frame our presidency. And as we've gone to the Lord often and said, what do we need to know? What needs to change? As you know, the Children and Youth program, we were working on that, and that was going to replace our personal progress. But as we asked the Lord, what do we need to know about identity and purpose, step by step, he revealed that there need to be changes in the organization of young women. And that's when we realized that the theme would no longer be part of a children and youth program, but now the theme would be part of the organization of the young women. And so that became the journey of what the Lord wanted to have in that theme. And it was a line-by-line -line process. We would have a little bit, and we'd take it to the Lord, and He'd say, you're almost there. <laughs> and we'd do a little bit more, and He'd say, you're almost there. So I can testify that each word of this theme is from heaven. Even to the last, we got it to a point that we felt so good about it. And the board had worked on it, we had worked on it, many hands had been on the theme, and we presented it to the 12. And they gave a resounding yes. And we felt it was a resounding yes. And then we had an opportunity to present it to the First Presidency. And having the eyes of the prophet on it, what I learned is it was good enough to take it to the First Presidency, but it was not quite right. And so we got some feedback from the prophet and President Oaks and President Irene and realized that there needed to be some adjustments. But we were so invested, and this happens to all of us as women, we thought, oh, but isn't it right? <laughs> <laughs> and so our hearts had to change and repent. And repentance became a big part of all of that for us as a presidency, to repent in such a way that we could look at the theme how they were looking at the theme. And then once we had repented, then the Lord could give us the inspiration that we needed. And so the one line that says, I cherish the gift of repentance, we do cherish the gift of repentance as a presidency because we learn so addition. much, so much from that process. And can I just say a little detail that um, listeners might find interesting? But one thing I think we all learned and we've talked about is that this was work. Like this did not come easily. It came line upon line, literally, and it took us a long time. And we did have to repent and soften our hearts at one point. But when I look back on our five years together as a presidency, there's been some holy moments. And one moment I will never forget is sitting around the table in Sister Corden's office. And that office is a holy space for us because of the revelation that has taken place over the past 18 months. But when we would get to a point where we'd feel like, okay, I think this might be it. What we would do is we would stand together as a presidency and recite the theme. Cool. Yeah, because we thought this is, you know, it, it needs to be lyrical. It needs to flow. This is what the young women will do. So that's what we wanted to do. And we would stand and recite it. And then, mm, no, that's not quite it. And we'd sit down and go to work again. And I remember the final time that we stood as a presidency, we had switched the order, a sentence that was at the end, and we switched it to the beginning of a paragraph. And we stood and said it together as a presidency. And I feel like the spirit really descended and we were all in tears and nobody said anything. And we sat down and we thought, this is it. But that was really a special moment. And the Lord does, like Sister Corden said, he cares about every word in this theme and the placement of words and sentences and let us know 
really clearly when it was right. Thank you so much, Sister Craig. And I just want to add my witness to the process that Sister Courtney and Sister Craig just mentioned, because it was very revelatory, and it was work. We feel so grateful for the previous theme, because we talk about this being a new theme, but the reality is that it is an extension of what we have been doing in the past. Because we believe in living prophets, we believe that Jesus Christ is at the head of this church, we believe that this is a living church, and that revelation reigns. And for our time, and for the lives of our young women at this time, that this is very relevant to them as it teaches them their identity and their purpose and their belonging. And the revelation and the confirmation that has been spoken about really did happen, and we feel at such peace that this is the Lord's will. And we've spoken before on this podcast with Sister Bonnie Oscarson, who preceded you as president, Sister Corden, and she spoke about Ardeth Cap, who was the president of the Young Women at the time that the Personal Progress Program began. And talking with Sister Oscarson, she just said, Ardeth Cap would love this. She would love these changes. And so it is exciting to know this is just kind of a process over time as things change and evolve. Carly, can we give you a little tidbit of fun? Mm -hmm. So the organizational changes were going to be announced in conference. And that was that Saturday night. Friday at 4 o'clock, we had all the living presidents come together in the boardroom. Wow. That's so amazing. And so Sister Cap was there. Of course, Sister Oscarson, Sister Dalton, Sister Nadal. Jeanette Beckham. Yes. Uh-huh. Jeanette and so we, anyway, we have all six. And it was mm-hmm. so delightful. And we all sat around. And we had an opportunity to visit with them about Revelation and their insights. Mm-hmm. I just want you to know they all stood. And we all said the new theme together. Isn't that amazing? That's so that's So it was neat. so sweet and literally tears for all of us as they also felt the revelation mm-hmm. from heaven. I'm so glad you shared that. It just makes it such a powerful and personal experience just as you're talking about yeah. these changes. And we respect, like Sister Craven said, we honor and respect these women and we feel like we are standing on their shoulders. Absolutely. And this is Absolutely. a progression. But to see their excitement about every level of the change from the new theme to the way that classes are organized, even the class names that there's no longer laurels, Maya maids, and beehives. They embraced. There was not one bit of resistance. They were so excited. They're like, oh, it's unified. We can just be young women. Yeah, we we don't have to worry. Women. So mm-hmm. they are all on board. Well, your presidency certainly has been a whirlwind. There have been so many changes and you've done so much. We're wondering if you wouldn't mind sharing just what grounds you as a presidency and what helps you focus on the individual while you're doing these changes, but also just being a member of the presidency, what are some of your biggest challenges or opportunities or what has surprised you? Maybe Sister Craven, do you want to start? You bet. I think the biggest surprise really was um, how much time was involved. I had no idea. And my husband this always says that. This is beyond full-time, right? It's beyond well, it, full-time. Yes. And, that, and that, by the way, is not a complaint. That was just the surprise. Uh-huh. In fact, when I'm with my husband and somebody says, what's it like? I always say, it is so much fun. And then my husband always jumps in and says, it's a lot of work. And so much time, yeah. <laughs> but it has been such a joyful experience. And to have this opportunity at this particular time in the history of the church and in this period of the Restoration has really been quite glorious. As far as challenges, I'm not sure. I know that there's a lot of work. 
But I don't see any of what we do really as a challenge because the truth is we are very, very unified and we do have fun. The spirit is not boring, I have learned. (laughs) And there can be a great joy even when we toil and we struggle. And as Sister Craig mentioned, the work that's involved to know what Heavenly Father's will is can be really, really intense, but it really is a glorious experience. One of the things that has been really remarkable is to absolutely know when we have received an answer. And that happens in our personal lives as well. But Heavenly Father really cares about the families of His church, not just the young women, not just the youth, but the families of the church. And when He speaks, it's really clear. And that has been a wonderful opportunity to participate in. Thank you so much, Sister Craven. And you've all said that this is the Lord's work and he's helping you. So yes, it's challenging and yes, it's a lot of work, but he's helping you and he's giving you, we've seen strength and capacity to be able to accomplish the work that he needs done right now. Sister Corden, will you share? I love the question, the whirlwind. It has been wonderful. Um, I think what's been really another testimony to me is how the Spirit works. Because sometimes we're always hoping for the Kirtland Temple experience to know whether I felt the Spirit or not. In this last 18 months, some of the times it's just a clarity of mind, or it's just an idea, and then just a subtle piece about that idea. One of the ones was the name. What do we do? And we had some great ideas. You have to know, we're very creative women, and we wanted, we had some great names. We even asked all of the general young women presidents to submit any name that they would like as we are trying to change Laurel, my maiden beehive, because my maiden is a very difficult thing to translate. How do you translate that in Portuguese? It's girl, girl. It's a little awkward. And so we were thinking, we need to change the names. That's what we were thinking. And so it's been really fascinating. And all of the old boards, we have a book full of just phenomenal names. You would love to read. Great ideas. And some of them are funny. (laughs) Very creative. They are very very creative. The thing that I guess was so fascinating to me was as we went over these and read all the ideas, each time I'd go to the temple, and it wasn't an incredible feeling. It was just a clarity. I think they just need to be the unifying name of young women. Then it's like, well, but have you thought of this one? You know, (laughs) (laughs) have you seen these great ideas? Look at this one. So I think one of the great gifts, I think, in this last 18 months has been the opportunity for me to step back and realize that the Lord gives it to us in a very normal and natural way, and that we can have confidence in our life to realize the Lord is speaking to us. Those covenants, you know, when we say we're at the sacrament table and that we'll always have His Spirit to be with us, obviously, if we choose. So that's been fascinating. And as we went back and forth, I am 100% confident with all of my being that the Lord wants the unifying name to be young women. And so it has been a true blessing in the whirlwind of all of it to have a confirmation again that the Spirit speaks to us in normal and natural ways. I really appreciate you sharing, all of you, how Revelation works. And I just think this is going to be such a huge lesson to anybody listening. It has been for me that it doesn't matter what your role is in your life or within the church. You can be a member of the General Young Women Presidency. You can be a mom. You can be a young woman. You can be an employee, any of these things. And you have to work. It takes a lot of work. But the Lord truly will let you know His will as you're living your life the best that you can. And it's just been amazing to me that you're like, this. it's hard. Like, it's, it's work. And what we do, we feel like it's great. And it just hasn't quite been 
Right. You know, I just Mm -hmm. think that that might be surprising to people. And I've just loved that you have been sharing that with us. It's so relatable and so motivating for me. So Mm -hmm. thank you, Sister Craig. Well, just one of my learnings over the past 18 months, really, it's built upon a lifetime, but just my love of the Lord, Jesus Christ, and just a testimony that this is his work and that really are any of us equal to what we're asked to do. You know, it's been completely overwhelming. And I think... All of us at times in our lives are completely overwhelmed by our life circumstance or by what we're asked to do. But just know that as we're consistent in doing the small and simple things, and as we're trying to seek revelation and going through that work and that process, but as we rely on Jesus Christ and His grace, that we will be made equal to those things that we're being asked to do, whatever that is. I mean, just even walking over here, we were giggling like a podcast. I never dreamed I'd do a podcast. (laughs) Like... I'm a mom. I'm a grandma. I'm just every day in our different spheres, we're given opportunities to step outside our comfort zone. And growth requires that. But really just a testimony that I think we've all seen and experienced and verbalized to each other, how grateful we are for Jesus Christ and his grace and the power and sustaining influence of the spirit as we just try our best and it's imperfect. And boy, we fall short lots of times. And But the Savior but, truly is. Yes. Yeah, the you know, Savior, trust in the Lord. And he will make us equal to whatever we're being asked to do. And we mess up a lot. But I love that we're given chances to repent and to try better and to improve each day. And my testimony is that Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ truly love us. And they want us to be successful. And as I look at the reorganization of young women's and the new child and youth program, They're meant to help us to be successful, to help us to grow, to become more like our Savior, Jesus Christ. And I just think it is a wonderful, basic doctrine to understand that Heavenly Father loves us and everything that He asks us to do is for our own growth and benefit. And what a great opportunity we have, especially through this new Child and Youth Program, to grow to become like Him and to have the opportunity to be successful at it. So each of you have shared your testimony of Jesus Christ and how you've centered your presidency and your lives on him in your roles. And one of the new additions to the Young Women theme is the identifier that all young women are disciples of Jesus Christ and that we strive to become like him. So we are each so different, but what we do have in common is our desire to become like Jesus Christ. And so we wanted to ask you, sisters, just as we conclude the podcast, how can we better focus our lives on the Savior? Sister Craven, do you want to start for us? I think when we keep our covenants in mind, it helps us to remember the Savior. As we go to the sacrament table and we hear those words that we will remember Him, and when we do remember Him, that we'll have His Spirit to be with us, I think that helps us to be more in tune with the will of our Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, and it helps us to become more like them. Sister Craig? I love that question on how we can focus our lives on the Savior. And I think, I mean, we're all busy. Life is busy. But I think as we're intentional about doing that, that that will make a difference. That we go about our daily lives with the intention of how would I make this situation or this place holy? And even in the day-to-day things that we're doing, if we're thinking about the Savior, I think we can try to be more like Him. I think we need to be intentional about creating time and space to nurture that relationship and to be quiet and still and hear his voice and to be also intentional and deliberate in looking for and noticing his hand in our lives and have a testimony that really the Lord is involved in the details. 
And I think someday we'll stand back and be amazed at the divine orchestration and how involved the Lord was. And I think we have a desire and we try to be intentional about even speaking his name and bringing really the focus of this is his work. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. Thank you. Sister Corden. Let me just tell you a little story. So we had an opportunity to be in a juvenile, not a detention center, but a juvenile safe space let's call it that, with a cute girl, and her name was Hope. And she was 17 years old. She had actually given herself the name Hope. She had been adopted by a family, and the family, for whatever reason, decided they didn't want her anymore and returned her to the state. So you can imagine her struggle to find out who she was. And as we sat on the couch together, Hope and I, we were just talking, and the question came about, and she said, I just wish the Lord would talk to me. I just want him to talk to me. I want to hear the voice of the Lord. And as she was discussing this, I looked at her and I said, Hope, do you know I hear the voice of the Lord every day? And her big eyes, she said, what? How do you do that? And I said, do you want me to show you how? She said, yes. I said, do you have some scriptures? Now, cute Hope said, no, I, I don't have any scriptures. But the branch president who was with us, I don't know where he went, but about a minute later, he was back with scriptures for Hope, <laughs> a Bible and a Book of Mormon. And as we sat down, I reopened the Book of Mormon, and I asked if we had a pen and a highlighter. So we started, and we just started reading the very first part of the Book of Mormon, you know, I, Nephi. And I told her, I said, as you read, things will stand out to you. And that's impressions, that's revelation. So as, as you have a desire to underline, do that. And she realized that she could, as we were reading, some things stood out to her. So she was marking it. She was amazed that she could mark a book. She was like, should I really write in it? I said, yeah, this is yours. No one has to see it. And write down the impressions you have, even if it's not what you've read. And then I invited her to read and to see if she hears the voice of the Lord. The young woman president that was there the next day went back to give some things to Hope. And she came back with a message that Hope wanted to make sure I knew. She said, tell Sister Corden, I've heard the voice of the Lord. And she had done the work. She had read 10 chapters, which so surprised me of the Book of Mormon. So my testimony is, is simple, is that the Lord loves us and He wants to give us answers. He wants to show us miracles in our lives. And He realizes that we will have trials and tribulations. But if we turn to Him, they won't be stumbling blocks. And we will be carried and we'll be walked through these trials and tribulations. But it really does start with the simple things of studying our scriptures, truly saying our prayers. Those simple things that we think, do they count? They do. They count. Those are the big dividends. And then we see how going to the temple, how we put the world in the locker at the temple. But the interesting thing is that the temple comes with us when we walk outside. And that power that we go in to seek actually comes out with us. And so just the day-to-day -day things will help us, line upon line, understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for sharing that story. And it's so inspiring to think of the individuals that each of you are touching all throughout the world and helping teach and also spread the love of our Heavenly Father, of our Heavenly Parents. Thank you so much for being here today, sisters. This was such a great experience. I loved it. <laughs> we loved being with you. It was wonderful. <laughs> thank you. And thank you so much to our listeners. We hope you enjoyed these insights from the Young Women General Presidency today. And if you enjoyed what you heard, we hope you'll share the episode with friends or family and leave us a review or a rating. And we are always interested in feedback from our listeners. So if you have thoughts or ideas for the podcast, please email us at podcasts at churchofjesuschrist.org. 
I'm Shailen Back. And I'm Carly Guyman. Thanks so much for listening. 